0: Okay, this is now the what, third Sunday in Advent. Uh, reading from Matthew, the first chapter. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged be, to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, notice it says husband, was faithful to the law, what does that mean? He was faithful to the law. By the law's standard, He, because she was now pregnant, he could have humiliated her at best and killed her at worst. They, this is a strict culture, man. You get pregnant, immorality, they could stone you to death in the public square. He knew the law. He knew what he could do. And yet, the Bible says... He did not want to expose her to public grace, very nice man. So he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now let me clarify some of the statements. These guys approach marriage a little bit differently, well, on several levels differently than we do today. For us, we don't consider you married until you get in front of the preacher and we go, hullabal, 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 you kiss that one, that kiss that one, okay, now you're married, okay. Back in this day, the minute you were engaged, you were considered legally married. It was a big deal. The family all got together. They just hadn't had the, f- the wedding yet. They hadn't had the service. Okay? So they were considered married. They weren't, they weren't sexually together, but they were considered married. That's why it refers to him right away as the husband. And that when he found this out, he, if he wanted to call the thing off, he literally had to go and go through a divorce to do it. And he was willing to do it quietly. But it was a very different culture than what we have. They took it very, very seriously, which is fine. Okay, but now, after he had considered this, the Bible says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. There you go. Catch up back there. Uh, Appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what was conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now it says all this took place to fulfill the prophecy that the Lord had spoken to the prophet. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. In other words, they went through the whole ceremony. They probably quickly went through the whole ceremony. It's highly unlikely Mary was walking around pregnant for everybody to see and stuff. I'm sure they discovered this very early on. He quickly marries her, takes her home as his wife. They went through the whole ceremony and everything. So this is, you know, husband and wife. Except verse, the very next verse says, But he did not consummate their marriage, talking about sexually, until, everybody say, until, Until. He, she gave birth to a son and gave him the name Jesus. Now the title of my message today is God Trusts Young People. Now when I was first thinking about this, I was going to call it God Loves Young People. And that did not hit it. And I thought, well, God believes in young people. But that didn't hit it either because that means, you know, somewhere down the low road you'll get your head straightened out. Okay? It's not somewhere down the road. God trusts young people straight up right now to do the right thing. That's what we see in the Christmas story. It's quite amazing. Now, we're talking about young people, we're talking fairly young. Now, as I was was preparing for this message, I was doing research to find out exactly how old were they when this happened. I was stunned, not just at how old Mary was, but at how much universal agreement there was. I mean, you could study anything in the Bible, and a gazillion different churches and theologians have a million different versions of whatever. Catholics, Protestants, you know, 47 different kinds of Baptists, you know, all that kind of da-da-da-da-da-da. And everybody's got a different version of whatever. I was amazed at how much universal acceptance and agreement was that virtually everybody agrees that Mary was either 13 or 14 years of age when she gave birth to Jesus. Now, I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying it's a fact, okay? Now, when we get to Joseph, then everybody starts fighting. (laughs) That's amazing. Nobody has a problem with Mary, but everybody had a cow about Joseph because of how old he was. Now, let me explain to you why the big debate. And this will go very much against many of the teachings of our wonderful Catholic friends. Now, we're not looking for a fight. Peace. (laughs) Peace, okay? We're not Catholics. You're Catholics. It was fine. I'm not trying to look for a fight. You don't agree with this? Fine. But here's where the problem is. The Gospels are very clear that Jesus had brothers and sisters. That there were other children involved. Even Catholic theologians admit and acknowledge this. They have to because it's clearly what the Bible says. Now, Their version of it, they have to come up with this alternate view because they believe that Mary remained a virgin her entire life. Now, a lot of that came out of uh, Christian teaching that didn't set in until hundreds of years after the apostles had died off. And, And they will admit it took hundreds of years. But there was this teaching in the church that eventually popped up that anything enjoyable was evil. Anything that was pleasurable had to be some kind of a sin. They intentionally had food that tasted lousy because if it tasted too good, that would be a sin. We still carry that culture to this day in that in advertising, you'll see something where it says, you know, the chocolate is so good, it's sinfully delicious have you heard phrases like that all that comes from this thinking that was established 1500 years ago in christian thinking that anything good had to be evil okay now speaking of food i must say that uh I so appreciate uh, the ladies in this church. As my wife has been going through chemo, at times when she's going through the chemo, she feels very sick and unable to, to do much of anything. And many of the ladies of the church have cooked for us and brought food over, which is great, because I- I'm helpless <laughs> and, and clueless, and we would all starve to death. But uh, so, as we, and I gotta say something, you, you girls can cook. <laughs> which, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> which apparently makes you all sinners. <laughs> because this is like, wow, wow, I'm into some serious Kochi mama cooking. It's good stuff. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Because, you know, I travel all over the country and, and, you know, regions like to, you know, egg each other on north, south, east, west, you know, different states, and so just kind of out of fun, you know. But one of the knocks on Wisconsin is we tend to be a, a bit chubbier. <laughs> and, uh, but now I know why. What's amazing is that we're not bigger than we are, I'll tell you that, because these girls can cook. All right, so anything, you know, it, it was sinful. Well, you can imagine, sex was, oh my gosh, this has to be sinful. Okay, but it's not. In marriage, the only problem we have with this is when you do it outside of marriage. That is sinful. In marriage, it's fabulous. It's great. The Bible says it is holy before God. There's nothing wrong with it. It's great. It was God's idea. Fabulous idea, by the way. (laughs) For this, we give you praise. And all the men said, amen. Yes, praise God. (laughs) Stop. It's not evil. It is fine. And the Bible says they didn't come together until, which certainly implies they did. But when you have the viewpoint, no, they could not. have. And by the way, even our wonderful Catholic, Friends, will tell you that uh, the early popes and stuff all had wives and children. This, was, this wasn't until hundreds of years that theology came out, that anything good has to be evil. So, so they, you know, if you're going to serve God, you certainly can't get married because that's, you know, you can't enjoy anything. That'll be horrible. So they became celibate and stuff like that. And then they even put pressure on married couples to hardly ever do it. They had a thing, you know, that, you know, abstain on Fridays out of respect for Christ's death and abstain from Saturdays out of respect for Mary and abstain on Sundays out of respect for Christ's resurrection and abstain from Mondays out of respect for lost souls I'm not making this up this is what they taught they came up with one day or they said okay if you gotta it's amazing there are any Christians left after all that (laughs) but it became a big problem so again I'm not going to argue with them you think she's a virgin all the time okay fine but clearly from a biblical viewpoint that does not seem to be the case at all so they have to come up with how do we explain away the brothers and sisters so that's where the argument comes about Joseph so they figure that Joseph was at least 40 or 50 years of age when they got married and he must have had kids from a previous marriage so that when they got married that's where the brothers and sisters came so it was a huge stretch I think but that's where they get the argument that he was that old. The Greek Orthodox, did, you know, have a different version. They, they say that G, they believe Joseph was 80 years old when he took Mary. 80! Are you kidding me? You give your 14-year-old daughter to an 80-year-old, you should be beat. Ugh, how creepy would that be? Of course, their reasoning was... Well, even a 40-year-old would still, you know, have a libido. So they figure that he must have been 80, who brought in previous kids. <laughs> Wouldn't they be in their 60s by then anyway? <laughs> and then he'd be too old and tired to do anything anyway. So that's why they come up with 80. But it's all because of just, in my opinion, a very twisted version of pleasure. There's nothing wrong with it. Virtually everybody else outside this set religious thinking believes he was between 16 and 20 years of age because that was more normal for men of that age. So think of this, a 19-year-old guy, a 14-year-old girl. God entrusted the Messiah, the most important event in the history of the universe, into the hands of two very young people. Why? Because God trusts young people and they trust them to do the right thing in fact the bible is full of examples of God trusting young people David was undoubtedly a very young teenager when he killed Goliath now I'll read some places where he said well he must have been 17 or so 17? are you kidding me? even we sent guys to war at 17 18 years of age no way was he that old when he, an 18 year old would be in battle by now when he showed up they said what are you doing here little dork get out of here so he probably was 14 maybe 15 this young punk goes out there and kills Goliath turns around the whole course of his nation winds up marrying the king's daughter and eventually becomes king himself God trusts young people to do the right thing King Josiah is recorded, he was 18 years of age when he became king and our culture says, oh i can going to be so young they can't come that. clearly that is not the case God trusts young people, by the way Josiah, now <laughs> When you read the Bible, if you look at the Old Testament, that's the fat part of your Bible, okay? The first part of it is pretty much from, from, uh, from Adam and Eve to where they went into the promised land. The rest of it, the big chunky part, is about these kings waiting for the Messiah to come. Now these kings were a disaster. These guys were wicked. They would disobey God. God put up with their nonsense over and over and over. And they, those prophets that are in that open, they're constantly warning, you better quit it or God's going to kill you. You better quit it or God's going to kill you. Better. Quit. This went on for centuries. They went on. We've studied this. We went from one king to the next. And they were wicked. They were sexually wicked. They were uh, violent. They sacrificed their own children to, to uh, gods and sacrifices. These guys were out of control. And God kept warning him, you better stop it or I'm going to kill you. Two-thirds of the way through, I'm thinking, kill him already. Just kill him. I wanted to kill him. (laughs) Which, by the way, shows you how patient God is. Now, some of you, I know, you you feel guilty because you struggle with stuff and you think God's mad at you. Seriously, read the Old Testament. Apparently, God's very patient. Okay, he's not going to kill you. Just, you know. Anyway, fine. So, this one king comes along, he's 18 years of age. Isn't it interesting that of this king... He stands out because it says of him, quote, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Why? Because God trusts young people to do the right thing. Many Bible scholars believe that just looking at the timing of their calling and how long they were before they died, that some of the disciples that Jesus called had to have been in their teens. Makes sense why they were still with their dad and stuff when he called them. They left their nets and followed him Why their mom was showing up and stuff these apostles, teenagers. Why? Because God trusts young people. Timothy was very young. When he began his ministry, Paul wrote to him and said, man, don't let it bug you when people tell you you're too young. Paul the Apostle, this is a very famous f- verse of Scripture. This comes from the love chapter in the Bible. You hear it at weddings a lot. You know, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childhood behind me." Now, any guess how old he was when he did this? Fifteen. Fourteen, you're right, fourteen. Doing pretty good. last church I said 30, <laughs> 25. Why? Because that's the way our culture thinks. He wasn't 30 years of age when he grew up and became a man. He's talking about when he became a man in Jewish culture. It's the Ba mitzvah, 14 years of age. It's a celebration of you're not a kid anymore, now you're a man. Time to grow up, time to man up, time time to get responsible. This has been like this in culture for thousands of years until just recently. Just recently we took a whole different turn. We came up with the concept of adolescence. Now, it didn't appear until the early 1900s by a guy named G. Stanley Hall who argued that, no, you, you can't insist that they grow up too soon. They, you need a transitional period. And they came up with the idea of adolescence and you got just, to just relax and they need to just take time. The very first idea is not until the 1920s. It didn't even sink in until about the 50s and became rooted by the 60s. How did that work out for us? and it's been an unmitigated disaster ever since. You would think what I'm saying, people look at me like, oh, it's some radical thing he's saying about young people. What's well, radical? It's not like I came up with this yesterday. We've done this for thousands of years. This idea that they're just babies, they're just 22. It's pure unmitigated nonsense that it's of recent history. And it's been an unmitigated disaster. I'm quoting from a paper published by the History department of the University of Virginia talking about all of this stuff. It says, before Stanley Hall showed up, it says, quote, "Protestant clergymen preachers routinely insisted on the quick assumption of adult responsibilities in youth." a period which they equated with the critical years roughly between 14 and 25. They urged the early cultivation of adult responsibility. They treated it as a time to form character, a kind of gyroscope that led an individual to hold to a steady ethical course through life's changes. They write that the concept of adolescence turned us away from this. Now I am not into conspiracy thinking. I think people who Chase conspiracies tend to be a little crazy. But there are two grand conspiracies I do acknowledge. One of them is by God. Since the very beginning, God has conspired to change people's lives, redeem, save, brought the Messiah, preached the gospel. It's a grand, glorious conspiracy. God is out there everywhere trying to redeem a lost and dying world but there's another conspiracy that's been going on this one is by Satan he wants to destroy people's lives and if you don't understand and if you don't walk through life conscious of these two grand conspiracies you will walk through life clueless and do very many foolish things we have to be aware that there is a wonderful God out there trying to redeem us and at the same time there is a devil that wants to destroy us we need to watch for that in our lives and in our culture And I promise you, Satan's grand conspiracy has been to corrupt the lives of our young people. So that by the time they actually get around to becoming adults, which, by the way, even in Hall's time, they thought of adolescence as like, you know, from 13 to 17 or so, 18. Now, we have so expanded it. Psychology Today wrote in a magazine a couple of years ago that they we now believe adolescence ends somewhere around 32 are you kidding me? But then look at the culture. That's exactly what's going on. We got 27-year-old snot-nosed boys still living at home with mom. Who's got to wake him up in the morning to go to work. Are you kidding me? This one lady wrote and said, I, I, I got to call my son at his girlfriend's house because they spent the night there and make sure he gets up and goes to work. And I have breakfast waiting for him. We have young people today, we have a culture today that is rotting at the very soul of our nation. It is the destruction of our young people. We now have created an extended adolescence where for 15 years we expect nothing out of these young people. Well, they just gotta develop, really? So they can party? So they can drink more beer? Is that what this is about? (laughs) Oh no, they go to college, what? first of all, college doesn't last that long. Secondly, a lot going to college, they don't even know what they're doing. You know how many young people I talk to, seniors in college, 17 uh, juniors in college, so what are you gonna do when you get out? I, I don't know. What are you studying? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Why are you going to college? I don't know. Seriously, this is your plan? So you can get out of school way and dead up to your eyeballs so you and go get a job doing you don't know? Why? We've created this culture. They don't even expect to grow up. There's no challenge for them to grow up. Oh, they're just babies. <laughs> Satan's plan is to take our young people and by the time he's done with them, they have them so polluted by immorality and narcissism that they will be permanently damaged to adulthood. And history shows that every culture that has adopted and fostered the idea of adolescence, which many cultures in the world still do not, that the ones who do experience a great deal of problems with the young people they see a spike in sexual immorality a spike in unwanted pregnancies sexually transmitted diseases alcoholism drug usage and eventually after years of program selfishness and narcissism they get married and the marriage ends in divorce damaging the children they have of the next generation so the cycle continues do you know that almost half, I think it's 48%, but for all practical purposes, 50% of every single young person being born in this country today is born without a father. The very group that every study shows is the group that produces drug addicts, alcoholics, violent offenders, Soon, that will be our largest group in this country. We are rotting at the very soul of our nation, but we haven't felt the impact yet. It's going to take us. See, the good news is it takes a long time to destroy a culture. The bad news is we're well on our way, primarily from this rotted, soul rotting concept of adolescence. Well, there's babies, you know, those will take their time. At Celebration Church, we reject the concept of adolescence. We do not believe adulthood should be intentionally delayed. Quite the contrary. As Protestant clergymen before us, we urge the early cultivation of adult responsibility in our teens. We believe teens should be involved in ministry in the church. We believe they can responsibly serve in the church. We believe in approve of young marriage in our church. Certainly young as compared to the culture. We're not marrying 14-year-olds, but goodness gracious even your pastors overwhelmingly we've done this pastor lathan and lynn 21 20 years of age when they got married phil and kirsty 21 years of age ross and leslie 19 both bob and dana dana was 20 bob was an old man he was 23. (laughs) pastor joe and gail 24 22. But no, no, they're too young, no, they're too young, you gotta wait, 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 don't grow up, don't grow up, don't grow up, so that we create an entire generation of young people that are poisoned. We routinely have married young couples in this church, and I've done so for ministry, in my ministry for decades, because we believe that early cultiva- cultivation of restu- adult responsibility is what they need. And I can say with great confidence and from personal direct experience that those who have followed this path have not experienced multiple sexual partners, unwanted pregnancies, sexually transmitted disease, porn addictions, drug usage, alcohol abuse, and where divorce in that group is very, very, very rare. just look at that group and then look at version b which is the primary thinking in our culture today waiting 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 until they're almost 30 to get married having sex with god knows how many people so narcissistic in their thinking they get married it's so hard it's so hard after four years i can't take it anymore we got to be smarter than this and just for the record i'm not advocating that our young people have to get married young Uh, they don't have to get married at all ever save yourselves (laughs) you know we say it's great to be married too bad if you're single the Bible actually teaches great to be single too bad if you're married (laughs) That's what the Bible actually says you don't have to get married young you don't have to get married at all are you going to wait till you're 90 I don't care some people can't find anybody for decades I understand that but you got some young People who've been raised in the church and they're dating and they fall in love with each other And they want to do life right, they need to do life right yes. Better to do life right than to go down this rat hole But I know some of you think, oh no, you know, they're too young, they've they got to go to college As if they can't be married and go to college, people have been doing that for years Better to do life right, do not think of our young people People as adolescents who they're not quite adults, they're not quite babies, they're kind of squishy in the middle. <laughs> Why do you think so many teens out there are just <laughs> like wow, like I don't know? Because we create an environment where they don't have to grow up. You got kids in a healthy Christian environment that are encouraged to grow up, man up, woman up, look at life responsibly. You could be doing life, full blast, 19, 20 years of age, you'd be married if you so choose they look at life differently they're not ditzy headed people what I am advocating is what the Christmas story shows us 2000 years ago that God has absolute full confidence in young people they are capable of capable of great things sadly there's only one institution left in America that believes in young people to do the right thing and sadly it's not most churches certainly not the schools Certainly not the universities, certainly not MTV, it's the military. God bless the military. While everybody else is saying, oh, they're just babies, they can't commit, Ah! There are men and women right now in Afghanistan laying down their lives for each other, giving the greatest amount of commitment Jesus said is humanly possible. And they are routinely 18, 19, 20, 21 years of age. Don't tell me they're too young to commit. The difference is they believe in what they're capable of. Many of us have failed to believe what they're capable of. Not a Celebration Church. We need to encourage, grow up, do life, do it right. We'll be there with you to help you do life right. Because we believe, as we see in this Christmas story, that God trusts young people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and your kindness, your grace, Lord. We realize we live in a culture in a world that is trying to, as much energy as they can influence into our young people, to cause them to wait, 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 wait to grow up and then to just play and do destructive, foolish things. Help us, Lord, to have a strong culture where we believe in the possibilities, in the capabilities of our young people. Help us to create young people so when they live here, they are changing the world around them, and they're not letting the world around them change them. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.